Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Understand, prayer is not a duty. It's a privilege. It's two-way conversation with God. Talking to God, thanking God, listening to God, what he says back to us. This is super important. We get to talk to God anytime about anything from anywhere. When you pray for our missionaries that are 5,000 miles away, is that a problem for God? Zip! Right there. See, that's supernatural because it's from heaven. Many people, believers and unbelievers alike, have difficulty understanding the concept of prayer. Lots of times the struggle happens because humans are trying to figure God out, while God's just wanting you to trust and believe Him, that He can do what He says. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the need for you to rely on God's ability to answer prayer and just pray to God. You'll be hearing about God's willingness and desire to answer your prayers, You'll also find out about examples of the Apostle Paul's prayers, what he prayed for, and how God answered them. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 as he continues his message, Prayers and Thanks for a Healthy Growing Church. How many of you would love to know that your friends and family are constantly praying for you? Anybody here? Yeah, we like people praying for us. Remember what we just finished, prayer culture? We had all those prayer requests, thousands of prayer requests people put in. And we'd walk around the building and we began praying for these people. Now, if you're like me, here's what you discovered. Sometimes we come and we feel a little sorry for ourselves. And then you read some of these needs. And you go, God, forgive me. Oh, man, those, am I hearing you right? That's exactly right. God, help me. Look at these people. And so it was good for them because they knew we were doing what? Praying for them and their needs. Now, can I just say thank you for coming to prayer culture and doing that? Thousands of you came during those 10 days. It's just a wonderful thing to do what God's asking us to do, to pray. Now, The Bible not only commands us to pray, but notice what it says, for other people. Here's what 1 Timothy 2.1 says from Paul. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people, believers, unbelievers. Ask God to help them. Here's a word. We're going to talk about it. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. So you see prayer again. And you see thanks again. You see it combined. Those two things Paul was always talking about. See, when we pray, we're communicating with God. He's our real helper. 
We're talking to someone, God, who hears and understands us. And when we pray to God, he feels our joy. He understands our excitement. But he also feels our pain and our sorrow. One of my favorite verses in the Bible speaks about a God that we pray to. Aren't you glad today? Remember, remember how excited these pagans were. Now, the pagans, and I, my wife and I have been to Asia so many times, and I'm not making fun of the people in Asia, but it's so sad. You go, and they're lighting their incenses. They're bringing their gifts. They're weeping, seriously weeping like crazy, praying to an idol. It just breaks my heart. So here are these brand new Christians who have a living God to pray to. And Paul's going, way to go. Wonderful. That's really great. Notice this word interceding. Here's my favorite verse. God is our refuge and strength and ever present help in time of trouble. Is God present in this service this morning? Yeah. I know because I've been doing this for so many years. There's a select group of you. You need help. You look fine, but you're hurting. This verse is for you this morning. Ask God for help. Ask God for help. He's a very present help in time of your trouble. Oh, Pastor Mark, he doesn't know what's going on. Oh, he knows everything that's going on. Nothing's hidden from our God. Be encouraged this morning. Be encouraged this morning. That verse is for many of you. God gave it to you. Now, what does this intercession mean? What does intercession mean? It simply means this, praying for others. To intercede is actually to stand in the gap between those that are in need. I like the way this is put. Intercession is like building a bridge between God and the people we are praying for. So here we are. We're praying for a person over there, but we're praying to God to make a bridge for them. We pray to God to minister to them, and God ministers to them. Is that amazing or what? I want to say something to you. Probably 15 months ago, Many of you that were here, those of you who knew, don't know anything about it. I was really sick for a long time. You had no idea how many Sundays I came up and taught because I didn't want to show anything. I can't tell you how many times, probably 10, 20 times, I didn't know if I'd even finish the sermon. I was so sick. But every time I stepped in the pulpit, God came through. And here I am today, still going for it. Now, how? You interceded for me. Thousands of you prayed for me. It's not about me. It's God being able to still use me as a 75-year-old guy who's got the zip again from God. That's because of you. No glory to me. Glory to God and thank you today. Now, that's what intercession does. We all need help. And God is the one that provides the help for us because we intercede. Remember one day, Peter, you know, Peter quite often got in trouble. You know what I mean? Open his mouth. He's always getting in trouble. But this one wasn't Peter's fault at all. He said to the Jewish leaders, there's only one name under heaven where my person can be saved. The name Jesus. What did you say? They threw him in the jail. While he was in jail, actually the next morning he was supposed to be killed. 
And the church, let me read it to you. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. See, the church met in a little home. There were no churches those days. Till the year 300, there were no church buildings. So they were in a home, the church. Church's people. They were praying. They couldn't go to the prison. They couldn't get past the prison doors. They couldn't do anything but what? Pray. And as they prayed during the night, God answered prayer. You know what happened? An angel came in. He passed through the the gates. He passed through the prison doors. He passed by all the guards, got Peter up, helped him get dressed. Come on, Pete. Here we go. Pete's going, what's happening here? And he, he came out of there, and he was able to be used by God for many more years. You see, they couldn't go physically where he was. They interceded. They took a bridge. They took a bridge, and Peter walked out. And men just served God so powerfully for so many years. Can I say this? Remember, intercessory prayer works. God speaks to people's hearts. Now, at the end of our services, we have people down front. And you might say, well, Pastor Mark, can I ever pray for myself? Of course. We're supposed to pray for ourselves. By the way, let me see if you know this. When you start praying in the morning... Who's the first person you pray for? Just take your finger out. Take your finger out. Every person, take your finger. Who's the first person you're praying for? Don't you dare say my neighbor right there. I know better than that. Who's the first person you pray for? Come on, come on. Right here. So why does Paul say, nothing wrong with praying for yourself, but we should be praying for what? Others. Hello? So we have time. You can come down. And these people will pray for you. Pray for you. They'll pray for intercessory prayer for somebody you know. Never, ever be ashamed of coming and being prayed for. Now, as you walk through this, you have to simply understand this. Paul writes it like this. He loved to write about prayer because he knew the power of it. Ephesians 1. I have not stopped giving, here's the word, thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Paul practiced what he taught. He just didn't teach something. He practiced it. He was always praying for the people in all the new churches. That was Ephesians, Ephesus, in the churches he planted. Now, this is a great thing. Look at the next prayer he prays. How specific it was. How unique it was. Look what he prays. Philippians chapter 1. I pray that your love will overflow more and more. And that you will keep on growing in the knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters, so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. Those two verses I could preach on for three or four weeks. That's very specific. He cared for the people. Look at all the things he talks about. And then we know from Ephesians, Paul says it like this. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers, all kinds of requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the saints. Understand, prayer is not a duty. It's a privilege. It's two-way conversation with God. Talking to God, thanking God, listening to God, what he says back to us. This is super important. We get to talk to God anytime about anything from anywhere. When you pray for our missionaries that are 5,000 miles away. Is that a problem for God? Zip! Right there. See, that's supernatural because it's from heaven. And remember, when we pray, it is the deciding factor in beating Satan. 
Do you know why the church is weak in prayer? Because Satan knows how to keep us too busy to pray. Because he knows if we do, boom. At the end of the service, you're going to be bowing your heads and you're going to be interceding for the people who are in our campuses this morning who are not saved yet. You're going to be interceding for them, just shortly. So they need to know that you love them and that you care for them. And that's going to happen. And in every service this weekend, we've had people accept Jesus Christ. Why? Because you loved them. You prayed for them. Nothing interferes with intercessory prayer from God. Amen. All right. Now, second thing is thankful. Sometimes we never think about thankful with prayer. Here it is. First Thessalonians chapter one, verse two. We always thank God. See, when we thank God, what are we doing? It lets him know we appreciate him. Thankfulness in prayer has to be a normal part of our prayer life. There isn't anybody here that doesn't like somebody coming up and say to you after you've done something, thank you, thank you. You like it. I like it. It encourages us. Now, I'm going to give you four reasons. There's hundreds, but I'm going to give you four reasons to thank God when we pray. You might want to write these down and try them tomorrow morning. Maybe one of these every day this week. Just get in the habit of including thankfulness in your prayers. Here's number one. Thank God for the people in our lives. What was Paul doing? He was thanking God for the people in the church. How they'd grown. They were such babies, but they were moving along. Let's be thankful for the people that serve us. I'm saying thank you to you. How many were thankful for the people that helped you in from the rainstorm with the umbrellas and all that? Did you stop and thank the guy and the gal in the parking lot that are soaked through? Oh, I don't have time for that. I just move right along. When you finish today and you go pick up your children, you know what a good thing to do is? Thank the people that are serving your kids today. They're hearing about God. Sometimes we just forget, but we all like to hear a word of thank you. That's just a normal thing in our life. So number one, remember, we're a family. By the way, you might say this to yourself. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm thankful I'm part of this family. Come on, right now. I- I'm thankful I'm part of this family. Are you? Would you rather be sitting on the street? No, you're thankful you're what? Part of a family. We're just this big family of God. We're just one of millions of families of God. What a joy. Number two, watch this one, 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Here's what you want to do. Thank God because he cares for us. You know what the enemy will say when you're going through a difficult time, your anxiety? The enemy will say, here, uh, where is God? Yeah, he didn't know anything about this. He could care less. Let me remind you, Satan's a liar. If you're here with anxiety, give it to the Lord. Why? Because he cares for you. He loves you. You can leave this room different than you came in. You can leave in courage because you've been reminded that God cares for you and your needs. Next. Do not be anxious about anything. I don't know why Paul wrote that. Nobody's ever anxious, but he wrote it. (laughs) Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with what? Say it with me. Thanksgiving. Present your request to God. Thank God that we can present our request to God. God isn't up there saying, sorry, busy, too many people online, not interested. 
Call me back next Friday at 3. I love to know that I can call on God anytime, 24-7. He doesn't sleep. There is no time in heaven. You have an access to God 24-7. That's powerful. So thank God that we can present our requests to God. Next, John 15, 7. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Here's the fourth thing to be thankful for. Thank God he answers our prayer. Now, if you're new to the church, you might go, oh, I like that verse. I get a new car, just ask God, it comes automatically. Absolutely. Top of the line. Leather, everything. No. What that means is if it's his will. We are not a prosperity thing. Name it and claim it. No, God answers prayer that are in his will. You don't want a prayer answer that's not in his will. But if it's in his will, it will come. Notice, thank God that he answers our prayers. Amen? Once again, here I am standing before you. He answered your prayer. Okay? Good. Now, look at verse 3. I want you to circle three words in your verse. We continually, Paul saying, remember before our God and Father, your work produced by your faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Circle those three words, faith, love, and hope. See, these three qualities, Paul was reminding them, He's already seen them. Timothy already told us. These are foundational. If you're a Christ follower today, understand these three things are foundational. Love, faith, and hope. Remember, Paul wrote in the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13. He says this, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. So here's what you want to understand. Here's what Paul's saying to them. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Remember, I'm speaking to you. Same thing Paul's speaking to that church. Look at the next statement. Paul is thankful for their three healthy growth traits, their faith, their love, and their hope. Now, really, there's three or four week sermons right there, but I'm going to give it to you in a general way because that needs to be in your life. If you're a Christian, understand this is a foundation in your life. Faith, and you'll see in a moment, we couldn't have been a Christian without God giving us faith to believe. Then love, God is love. And number three, hope. Now, when these Jews and Gentiles became Christ followers, they were instantly forgiven of their sins by one thing, God's grace. And look how it is. The Holy Spirit came into them. They didn't do it by works. But when the Holy Spirit came into them, God had already assigned for each of them, each of you, some good works to do. Look at this verse in Ephesians 2. For it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. And this, not of yourselves, it's a gift from God. Not by our works, that no one can boast. So when you became a Christian, everybody becomes a Christian. You never can earn your way to God. It's God's grace. It's his unmerited favor. And the belief to putting faith in God, I trust you, God, that's really a gift from God, too. He knows you want to be a follower of Christ. For we are God's workmanship. Stop and look at me for a moment. Many people think when they come to Christ, all they want, basically... It's fireproof. Here's my fire insurance. I'm going to heaven. God says, uh, no, 
You're my workmanship. The word in the original language is you're my poem. Here's what happened. I have things outlined for you. I have things for you to do. And you're going to use and become more like Jesus. It's not just getting to heaven. No, no, no. That's not the way it works. Notice what he says. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So those three words that we talked about, love, and as you saw that word love right there in front of you, you saw the word faith and you saw the word hope. We talked about those, but here's the way he puts it. Watch what he does. Thankful, he's thankful for their faith that works. James, Jesus' half-brother, said, faith without works is dead. In other words, if I believe that Jesus changed me, and now I've turned my life over to him, I'm going to do things to minister to other people. I'm going to grow myself in, because I'm thankful for him. I'm going to impact the world. I'm going to try to be salt and light, and I'm going to share the gospel. I'm going to make disciples. I'm going to do whatever. Notice, faith without works is dead. No, if it has works, good things. So what Paul is saying is, thank you. Can I say to you, thank you? They were pleasing God by doing good works. They were helping others. They were encouraging others. The kingdom of God was growing. Second, Paul says this, I'm thankful for their love that labors. Now, that's interesting. The word love is God's word. It's his love. It's self-sacrificing love. Now, the word labor, sometimes we don't like that word. Hardship, toil, cost. These new believers were willing to give of themselves. Even if it was difficult, it cost them to do one thing, to serve other people. Basically, Here's a term that Paul was thinking about. When Jesus came to the earth, he made a statement in the book of Matthew. He said this, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve you. See, he was trying to share with them, this isn't about you. I came to serve you. You know, Many years ago, I called a church, and, and they answered the phone. How may I serve you? And I went, ooh. So I got all the secretaries together. I said, this is what we do from now on. You don't answer the phone. Hello? I don't have time to help you right now. Goodbye. They would never do that anyway. So if you call the church, here's what you'll hear. How may I what? Serve you. Do you like that? I like that a lot. How may I serve you? This is what Paul was saying. You're not sitting around just thinking about, you're doing work. You're do- a love that's going to cost you. Do you know if you become a Christian, it will cost you? What did Jesus say? If you're going to follow me, you have to deny yourself, take up your cross, which means his will, not yours, and follow me. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark reminded you about the importance of prayer. He emphasized the need to be praying for your brothers and sisters regularly. Using the example of the Apostle Paul, you were shown the things that a healthy church should have in them. You learned that the three primary characteristics of healthy Christ followers are faith, hope, and love. 
Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will wrap up his teaching, Prayers and Thanks for a Healthy, Growing Church. He'll continue talking about the importance of praying, but he'll add the aspect of being thankful to God in your prayer time. Pastor Mark will also teach about trusting God to answer your prayers. And he'll talk about the significance of perseverance for the Christ follower. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.